for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified podcast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Corey Singer. How's it going today, Corey? Uh, hey, thank you for having me. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, been working really hard this week, and today was kind of like the final payoff of everything, so I get to, like, relax. So I don't have to stay up till 2 in the morning working on something and today is just kind of that down stress day oh that's always nice i got uh like i'm still working though <laughs> got a full week of work yeah i feel you. i understand completely um but first off i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast i'm really excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit and get to know more about you but before we get into like the new single and all the autism awareness stuff that you're working on uh, what's kind of your background story? What got you into music? What's kind, if you were to like rate, make a comic book origin story, what would that be? <laughs> ah, well, in a world where there's a young man, an only child, two parents, driving around in a car, listening to Stevie Wonder in a live journey CD. Well, it, start, it starts right there. I grew up listening to music with my parents and that's where I get a lot of my musical taste. But in fourth grade, I, I got into theater because I always had this instinct. And it's not just theater itself, it's just this instinct to perform in general, right? So uh, I, I did my first play in fourth grade, The Velveteen Rabbit. I, I was the clown and uh, basically the story of my life. And uh, I just grew up doing theater in my town and became the theater kid. And that's what got me into performing music in general. And that's when people discovered I could sing. And, you know, like I said, and in the 11th grade, I was 17 years old. That's when I started getting into guitar. Mm -hmm. I started playing guitar and like, I just, I fell into it. Like, you know, I loved it. And the next year I did a TV show called the candy factor is a singing competition show on Bravo mm -hmm. uh, with Candy Burris who's one of the real housewives of Atlanta. She wrote the, TLC song, No Scrubs, and won a Grammy for it. And there were eight episodes, I believe. And each episode, there was a winner. And I was the winner. And my prize was I got a song that was written for me by her. Got to film a music video and $5,000. Awesome. awesome. So uh, that's where all of it basically began. Like, it's in a nutshell. Gotcha. I saw when I was kind of reading through everything, I saw the candy factory thing get brought up and I wasn't quite sure what the show was or what it was about. I kind of thought maybe it was just a, a Bravo TV show, like a, not a sitcom. No, it's, like, um, yeah. So Bravo TV is like all like reality TV, like the real housewives, all Southern charm, yeah. below deck. It's all reality TV. And candy Burris is trying to make a singing competition show. And it only lasted one season, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a fun experience. I was a senior in high school when we did it, but 
I had to take a week off of school. I told the principal what was happening, but I couldn't tell anybody else because I signed an NDA. Yeah. And I was gone for the week. I came back and they're like, Corey, you're back. I'm like, yeah, I had the flu. And then a couple of weeks later, I actually did get the flu. And they're like, wait, you got the flu twice? I'm like, I know, I know, crazy. Yeah. But um, it only lasted one season. The show, unfortunately, wasn't well received. I picked that show because... You know, I'm like, you know, show big shows like America's Got Talent, American Idol. Like I always got like invites to audition for that. But I wanted to do a new show where I didn't have to worry about uh, being, you know, it's like I wanted to start out with something small mm-hmm. instead of going like all big out. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my experience with the Candy Factory because, you know, there were two contestants per episode. Mm-hmm. And we had to learn our song in a week. And I had never written a song before that mm-hmm. point. And I had been playing guitar for a year. And my song was, I could do anything. And my story was my autism. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the lyric sheet and the music that the song she recorded. And I had to learn it with the lyric sheet, but it was written out for me. Mm-hmm. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus. Like mm-hmm. it was like laid out right in yeah. front of me yeah and it, that's basically that gave me the itch to write and i wanted more of the experience to like what it's like to work in the music industry so that's more why i did that show specifically so yeah gotcha. so basically the whole show was based around you learning the song and kind of putting your own spin on it so did they they just handed you the lyric sheet and then you just kind of yeah. had to make the song work or did they hand you like notes and stuff that you just learned it like i guess I'm so, trying to, okay go ahead yeah what happened was uh so they give me the lyric sheet we meet the other contestant we meet candy mm-hmm. uh it's all big done and fancy yeah. um you know as bravo tv is such a you know it's such a big network and uh you know we learned the song and each day they like we we have to perform it in front of a live audience mm-hmm. And uh, we work with choreographers. We go into the studio and record the song. Um, you know, there's makeover day, which was my favorite day. Like we just like, it, it was a very, that was the most fun day. Like they made me over, yeah. um, gave me a whole new outfit. I had a beard and they like gave me like a little like goatee, which, you know, which I call this old patch. Yeah. And, you know, they gave me a whole new look and, you know, I, I performed with a uh, male choir behind me. Oh wow! Uh, and they learned choreography, which is pretty good. Yeah, and uh, it w- it was an interesting experience. Like it was like okay, like, it was like each day was something different, and we got tighter and tighter. But I think one advantage I had was the fact that I have exper- years of experience doing theater before mm-hmm. that point. I was eighteen at that point, but I'd done theater, so I knew. I already had the experience. Okay, like we do this on this day. We yeah. learn the choreography. We learn how to do it and arrange it and come together and make something for a live audience so i was already in a way prepared for that yeah so because when you're doing when you're doing live performances like that there's blocking day there's choreography day, you know there's all that stuff and if you're not really prepared for it it could be very daunting and very overwhelming um especially if you don't have any experience doing any of it. So basically they just kind of lay everything out for you. You learn it. And then are you able to put like your own twist on things or is it just, well, yeah, because my thing was I was the theater kid and I sang like, 
the song, you know, is like, I, I was singing, I didn't always hear yes as much as I heard no. And like, they brought in a vocal coach and they had to teach me how to like, okay, we gotta bring that down a little bit. Like, <laughs> like just make it my own. And and in the show, the show when I first tried to sing it, and I, I just, I, I still cringe. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. And I don't watch it anymore. I hate watching myself on TV. Yeah. But uh, when I did watch it, it was like, oh my God. But, um, you know, you, you did have to put your own spin on it because the other contestant I, uh, I I was with, uh, very nice young lady. Uh, she was a beautiful young lady, actually, uh, older than me. She was married to a Marine. Uh, and her story was that her brother had died in a car accident. So my song was saying, hey, I got autism, but I, I could do anything. Her song was more like saying, like, I, I wish you were here, like referring to her brother. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, you know, she was very nice. Uh, you know, I, I won. So, uh, but, you know, we stayed in touch through Facebook. So she's very, she just had a kid. So, but it was a fun experience. You know, it's like the reality TV show, like they drive you around in a limo. They take you spot to spot. They mic you up. They put makeup on your face. And they actually put us in a five-star hotel. Oh, wow. And it was like, uh, like I said, they said, so do you need anything? I'm like, uh, I could use a Diet Coke and maybe some Sicilian pizza. They brought me a 12-pack of Diet Coke and a whole pie of Sicilian pizza. That's funny. That's really- Yeah. Where were they filmed? Was this filmed out in LA or where was this filmed at? No, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would make sense because uh, that's where Bravo is based out of, I believe. If I, uh, they're based off quite a few areas, like because yeah. Candy Burris, she's in the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, Real Housewives like all over the country, like uh, California, New Jersey, you know, here, there, below deck, they film everywhere. So, yeah. uh, it, it was cool. I had been to Atlanta prior to that, so, uh, but it was also interesting experiencing the reality tv show aspect of it like doing like when you see the people talking to the person behind the camera about the interview about what just previously happened and um you know but the process was learn the song uh meet the choreographer meet you know the choreographer worked with us like how to stage and block the scene on stage because they were putting on a production basically uh learn the song also to record the song and you know and it was all put in a compilation album right there, there's like a compilation album out there no there's no compilation but our the songs and videos are on youtube okay gotcha. my song was i could do anything gotcha and um you know it was interesting the winners got to uh do a music video okay and uh I, after that i flew back to atlanta um you know, again, in secrecy, but just for a weekend to film the video. Yeah. Uh, which was fun. Like, you know, a bunch of actors, you know, you film the video, you film my part. My thing was like, I'm angelic or something. I'm basically helping these people um, like overcome something. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, uh, is the music video out under your channel or is it out under like Bravo TV or Bravo TV? Yeah. Okay. Cause I was, as you were mentioning it, I was like, I feel like I missed it somewhere. But if it's under Bravo TV, that's probably why I'm it. Probably why I yeah, missed it's, it. It's a it's a Bravo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bra- yeah. I believe Candy Burris owns it. I just like basically got to sing it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. 
That's cool. Um, so at this point, this was back in 2013, correct? Yeah. Candy Factory. Uh, and you were just started playing music for, uh, or playing guitar, which about a year prior. As you were kind of, did you find it hard to, um, well, actually, let me ask this question a little bit different. As you were kind of going through the process of learning how to play guitar and stuff, who were you listening to? Who were some of your influences? So uh, Neil Young, um, actually, man, I did two audition songs. I Am What I Am from La Cajo Fall, which is a musical. And I did Needle and the Damage Done, which are like two completely polar opposite songs in Needle and Damage Done. I want to show off my guitar skills. This is a Neil Young, Dave Matthews band, um, The Who, um, anything with acoustic guitar, because I was, I was always partial to acoustic guitar. And I, I was listening to Howie Day. And the song has basically, it's in the same key as the, the, that song, The Lie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so because of my autism, and when I get, when you get hyper, when we get hyper-focused on something, somebody like, in this case for me, guitar, yeah. you know, I was able to pick up on it quickly and like really like nothing else mattered, right? Mm -hmm. And so I knew the song Lie. And when I heard I could do anything, you know, I, I just took a break and trying to learn it. So I just started fixing around with Clyde, like, wait, this is the song. And I found out the chords just like by ear. Yeah. And so for me, it was easy. On the show, they made it look like, oh, he's having a bit of a hard time. But like, really, I was like, it was very easy for me to learn the song with the guitar. Gotcha. So they, they were kind of doing it up a little bit for TV. Making yeah, that's one thing that annoyed me. It, it, it's like uh, they made me seem worse than I am. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I and I, uh, I know what you mean exactly. So yeah, so like the the guitar part was they made it seem like it was hard, but that was actually surprisingly uh, easy for me to learn the song. So they, that, you know. Did, so they basically just caught you like right at the beginning as you were trying to work it out initially, trying to, as far as- Yeah, because yeah, the first day was there and then I brought my guitar. And the, the way they said, <laughs> the way they said it, I actually brought my guitar with me. This Bravo TV and all that, they knew I play guitar. Yeah. But the way they set it up was like, and the way they filmed it, it's just so funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> they're like, so I learned it on guitar last night. Like, you know, like, so what can you do to make it different? And I said, well, I could play guitar. And then they cut out the part where I said I learned it last night. And I was playing it for them in front of them. They were filming all this. And they, they filmed the part where I just messed up a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like, what happened goes, so how are you going to, Candy's like, how are you going to make this your own? And then, like, the way they filmed it and showed it on TV, they zoom into my face, like, like dramatic music. And I go, well, I play guitar. And they're like, oh, comedy music. And then they showed the part where I just messed up a little bit. He goes, oh, he has a lot of work to do. I'm like, what the really? hell? <laughs> it was like, it, it was crazy. I don't normally talk about uh, Candy Factory a whole lot. It's like, but I still appreciate the experience of um, of doing, because if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't be writing songs yeah. today. Especially, I do owe a lot to Candy Burris in that aspect. for like yeah. Writing the song and having it laid out in front of me. Like that's what gave me the itch. So, you know, I, I owe so much to her and I, I don't think she knows it. So. Hey, I mean, like it gave you the inspiration to learn, essentially learn how to write music. Right. So mm -hmm. you're, uh, 
they give you the sheet and it's for whatever reason that clicked with you and you decide or made the effort to start learning um who were you as far as like a lyricist and writing who were you studying is it still like neil young and stuff like that or is it different from yeah when you were playing guitar neil young stephen sondheim okay. uh some musical people too like stephen sondheim i'm very from my musical background like people say my songs could work in musicals because mm -hmm. uh you know the longest time before getting into that i was in the theater so that that really influenced my my writing style in a way of telling a story you know um Absolutely. but then you know as you learn like you're like neil young howie day dave matthews band and like everyone who first starts writing my, the songs weren't good <laughs> yeah like so do you remember the first song you ever wrote yeah it was inspired by dave matthews band crush i used that melody as a thing and i wrote it while i was on a plane okay uh on the way to film the music video okay uh this is one of the first songs i remember writing now, I remember the guy sitting next to me in the plane. He read the lyrics like, you know, like I do like the lyrics. I'm like, thank you. So like I knew I was on to something because, I, you know, when you first start writing, you write like your heroes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like Neil Young, Dave Matthews Band, Stephen Sondheim, who's a musical person. Um, excuse me, one of the most famous uh, composers and lyricists, you know, in theater, like mm -hmm. ever. Like his um, his work that he's written. It's just incredible. But like, um, you write like your heroes. And, you know, then I started getting into electric guitar and like write, trying to write rock songs. Like, you know, The Who was one of the biggest influences. Yeah. But after a while, you just start to find your own style and find yourself. Mm -hmm. So I write in a whole array of genres. I got songs that work for country. You know, I have a group called The Highway Women that uh, sang one of my songs. Yeah. I got stuff that could work for rock. We just had Kristen Kay on the podcast two days ago. And we'll, we'll great, have great Bailey vocal. on Monday. I think Bailey comes on Monday. Oh, yeah, Bailey's great. Kristen's got like an amazing like, oh, yeah. like voice. Like, well, Tom, Bailey's like the, all of them, all four of the high ones, they are so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm proud to know them. They are like really, really tight. Yep. So. I'm, a, I'm excited to have them on as a group eventually. I had them on about a year ago. Um, and then there was a lineup change, and now I'm excited to have this. Is, yeah, yeah, this is the best lineup. Yeah, like they, they, like all four of them are just so, so good together. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I've been picking up. I've seen, I've heard some of their new music under this lineup, and it's, it's very impressive. So, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely excited to know them, and hope can't wait to work with them more in the future. Um, so speaking of releasing music, you just released a new single, Someone. Uh, what, what's kind of the story behind that song? So there, it, it's a lot of things. A lot of it, it deals with, because um, like I said, I have autism. Mm -hmm. And I was also very lonely at the time. And I was in the midst of the pandemic, like being quarantined and all that. And like, mm -hmm. being, you know, because people... Being autistic, people sometimes don't understand me. Like, I can come off a certain way when I'm really not trying to come off a certain way. Right. Like, my emotions don't match how I come off sometimes. And yeah. that's a big inspiration for a song. And I was very lonely writing the song. So, 
I just, you know, sat down and I wanted something for my fans to uh, listen to and relate to, you know, because I've actually in the TikTok community, I have a, a pretty good following with the autism community and uh, I wanted something for them as well. So um, TikTok was something that you started doing during the pandemic, right? That- yeah. And so that's how the story of the song came out. I'm very, I, this is a song I'm actually, of all the songs I've released, this is the one I'm, I'm the most proud of. Like, it's just, I've released quite a few songs, but this is the one where I'm like, it really like, I feel like, wow, I actually put out a really good song. So, so is the plan to kind of follow this single up with an album or do you kind of just see yourself releasing singles at this point? At the moment, I see myself releasing singles. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I, uh, I'm working with someone right now uh, we're working on uh, releasing some singles. Like I know uh, a guy who's, you know, I wrote the the songs, but he's like bringing them to life. Yeah. Now I go in the studio and sing them. So it's gotcha. like basically like how it usually works, like with Billy Joel, like he writes the songs and his band like brings it to life. And it's like, gotcha. Um, how, as far as like the actual instrumentation process of it, uh, do you where where do you kind of fall in are you mainly just doing like guitar or do you like you mentioned that you uh bring somebody in to kind of bring it to life are you where do you kind of draw the line as your input for the creative instrumentation aspect well i'm just a guitarist i just i'm not like eddie van halen type guitarist i'm not like a shredder i just know how to put together a a decent and good melody Mm -hmm. like I have a guitar right here. Can I show you, for yeah. example? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if it's in tune or not. I didn't plan this. So, like, sometimes I'll just sit around and just, like, play, like, just play. It's, like, the best songs I write just happen when I don't plan on writing. I just come up with a good melody, like, just playing around with the guitar, like, uh, like, like that. And just yeah. And then I stumble onto a good melody, like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. And I'll just write lyrics on top of it. And so my songs, when I send them to the guy, like I send them, like I make a work tape and I'm like make a chord sheet, like a chord chart. I chart out the song and just the basic idea, like the basic melody I come up with on the guitar, like, a, like, and I sing on top of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. and I send it to him and he knows how to, read music and arrange music and stuff yeah. i don't know how so and bring in like different instruments and make really make yeah. pop and stuff i gotcha exactly so um billy joel like uh he wrote the songs like he wrote the melody with the piano and stuff Mm-hmm. And you know, like his drummer Liberty DeVito and the rest of his band, like they they turned it into the songs they made it. Like w- with a good story, only the good die young. You know that song, right? Yep. Everybody should know that song. Such a great song. Yep. Bill, Billy Joel wrote it as a reggae song. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a reggae song. Yeah, and then Liberty DeVito's drummer said, "This is terrible," and then, like his his band kind of rearranged it into like, you know, okay, we're gonna do it like this. He goes, okay. So it's like, you just, you know, and it worked better. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, are you planning on doing a music video for someone or is it just kind of? Oh, we filmed a music video. It's going to be released on uh, World Autism Day. 
Okay. When, which, sorry, which day is that? Uh, I believe like April, let me check my calendar. Well, I believe it's April 2nd. Okay. That's it's the- definitely in like World Autism Day 2021. It, it, yes, I was right. April 2nd. Nice. Awesome. Okay. So it'll be out um, April 2nd. Um, yes. What was kind of, like, obviously you have experience in music videos through the Candy Factory, but obviously I'm sure the Candy Factory was a completely different experience than producing your own music. Oh, yeah. Someone. So, uh, someone. Yeah. So what's happening? I filmed other music videos mm-hmm. outside of uh, that one. Yeah. But what made this one different is because, like, there's, uh, I'm not going to give away what happens in the oh, video. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. surprised. But uh, there were two separate parts. There was my part, and which, you know, I'm singing. And then there's another part where there's two actors. And there were two different videographers for this. We had one here in New Jersey, and we had another one down in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he, the guy in Tennessee filmed the part with the two actors. And the one here in Jersey, he filmed my part. And so they worked together to put together. I saw the video, and it just it just looks incredible. Yeah. Like, you know, I still hate watching myself, but like the way they were able to make it so seamless, even though it was done in two different locations, it was just like impressive. Like I I I completely understand where you're coming from, where you hate watching yourself, because I still fall under that all the time. Yeah. It, when I watch my own TikTok videos, I, I'm fine with that. But like yeah. when I'm watching myself like doing theater or singing or something like that, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> well, because I like I have a feeling watching like the TikTok stuff, at least for me, I know I'm acting goofy when I produce it. But like yeah. if I'm doing like a short film or a commercial that I just happen to be acting in, I'm supposed in my head it's like, okay, act normal, act normal, act normal. And then you go back and watch it and it's like, oh, you look uncomfortable or you look not normal, you know? I know, because nobody knows ourselves better than ourselves. And when you see yourself acting like someone else, you're like, oh my God. (laughs) It's just, it's cringeworthy for yourself. And then other people are like, oh, you did great. It's like, thanks. (laughs) Wait, that, that was kind of a funny thing. My buddy did a short film a few years ago and I went and watched it. I was like an extra in one of the classes and the shot, he did like this panning shot of the entire classroom. And I'm just sitting there and I look like I belong in this classroom. Like I'm acting normal. I'm interacting with people. And I was so frustrated because it's like, yo, I look normal. Like it looks natural. And I went up to my buddy. I was like, what did you do? Or how did you get me to look that normal? He's like, oh, I told you I wasn't filming. And I'm like, Fair, fair point. That I'm like, you know, is one of those things. So I've always tried to trick myself. Like anything on the other side of the camera, it's like, nope, just pretend like you're not filming. So yeah, that's usually the trick, at least what I've learned. Yeah, I think for me though, because I, you know, technically I am on camera every day because I do TikTok every day, so I'm so used to it now. Like it just, you know, I feel comfortable in front of the camera. But it's just watching myself afterward. I still get this. Gotcha. What What's been your favorite part about since you since you brought up the TikTok? What's been your favorite part about being on that platform? Uh, 
honestly, the messages I get from like parents and other people on the autism spectrum, you know, saying how like my videos actually help them. And it's like, that's not, when I first started TikTok, that's not why I did it. I, I, I was doing it with music, but I wasn't getting anywhere because it's mm. such a like a stiff competition yeah. on um, TikTok. But then I tried becoming a TikTok medium because people say I'm funny. And I had some, a little success with that. Yeah. I had a video go viral one time. I'm not going to say what, because it's very uh, R-rated. Yeah. But um, it, 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 I got like half a million views on that. And uh one day, I just mentioned the fact because when I was four, I was diagnosed with the Asperger syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so I just did a video just have fun. Like, so I have Asperger syndrome. It's a developmental disorder that, you know, stuff like that is playing Asperger. And I say, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I wouldn't change a thing except for the name. I said, even though Asperger's is spelled with a P, it sounds like Asperger's. That sounds like a bowel movement you would have after eating McDonald's. Make Asperger's. You're not loving it. So whoever came up with the name Asperger's, Thanks a lot, pal. And like that video just kind of took off and my phone just started blowing up. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm onto something. I just kind of kept with it. Yeah. And like, cause I've never really, except outside of Candy Factor, I've never really been, I, on Candy Factor it's more like, oh, here's a kid with autism. But here I was actually more vulnerable about it. and Like yeah. more relatable and in yeah. like talking about my experience of having it. You, uh, so basically through TikTok, you were being real about it, where yeah. on Candy Factory, to a degree, you're almost being, I don't want to say exploited, because that, that kind of feels extreme, but... Um, a, a little bit, like, we weren't talking about, we never talked about, like, what it was like for me having autism, we never talked about uh, how to deal with it, we were more talking about, okay, like, time to get make this guy a pop star, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got you. And uh, here, I'm more honest about it. And I do funny videos with it, too. Yeah. Like, uh, there's one video I did that, that went viral where uh, I, I like concerts. I miss yeah. concerts. But, like, everybody always, it's the autism thing. Everybody always says, like, oh, yeah. And I'm just like, I just stand there like a statue and just watch the stage. I don't sing along. I just like. And people around me are like, you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm having a blast. Like that's my, that's my way of enjoying it. Yeah. And you know, I'm playing Bon Jovi's it's my life in the background. Like I'm one character with a different shirt. And I'm like, Whoa. And I, I look at myself and I'm just like, it was a funny video and people, you know, read well. It's like, so I do use comedy in a way to explain autism as well. Yeah. So, because I like to make people laugh. Yeah. And so that's or using the autism is kind of, opened you up as kind of a figurehead or a, a public figure i guess is a better way to phrase phrase it in the auto autism world yeah uh, especially on tiktok because there actually is quite a really tight autism community on tiktok yeah like a lot of us are very friendly with each other like we'll text each other like uh one of them i'm planning on meeting in person because she is also in new jersey and mm -hmm. she's a you're on tiktok right i am Yes, I don't yeah. post on it nearly as much as I need to. Uh, well, her name is Autich. Uh, well, her name is Robin. She is an autistic mother, and uh, she's also an educator and uh, scholar. So, mm -hmm. like, and she posts a lot of very informative uh, stuff. And she was actually did a TED Talk recently. So, oh, well. yeah, like we 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 
chat back and forth. And we're both in New Jersey, like close by actually. So we plan on meeting each other at some point. Nice. Uh, so it's like, that's how like tight the autism community is on uh, TikTok. And here's the thing, each of us, and we like to say, if you've met one person with autism, you've only met one person with autism yeah. because not one autistic person is the same. Like I have three friends with Asperger's, like what I was diagnosed with. Yeah. All of us are completely different and have different needs. Like we, like we, we're the same in some respect, but we also have very different needs. We develop differently. Like I didn't drive until I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, my best friend, who was also like same diagnosis, he drove like, you know, at 18. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and academically he was in like great, like high honor all the time. I nearly failed high school a couple of times. I was never good academically. So it's like, but I can remember like famous movie quotes who was in each movie, uh, what year the movie was made, all the actors, what other stuff they did, what awards the movie, like, hey, I'm your guy. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, I know several people that have some or that are on the spectrum at some capacity. And you're right. They're all completely different. Uh, I've had a few different people on the spectrum on the podcast. Some of them, some of them are high functioning. Some of them are not, you know, so it just kind of just really depends. Um, and, you know, some of them act a certain, some of them are very hyper. Some of them are chilled, very relaxed. And, you know, you, you may know exactly what one person is feeling. You may have no clue what the other person is feeling. So, yeah, I, when you say when you met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. So I, I 100% agree and I understand where you're coming from. Um, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but oh no, I'm having fun, dude. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, um, so we, have you started looking at like Clubhouse and stuff like that, or is TikTok has, is TikTok pretty much where you're at actively on social media right now? Uh, I may join uh, Clubhouse at some point. Uh, I mean, I hear a lot of good things about it, but right now the biggest one is TikTok. Like that's like the like top tier one, but I, you know, I, I feel like I should, I want to broaden my horizons anywhere I could like to, you know, I've, I've noticed that, um, you also are, so are the videos that you post on your YouTube channel, are those pretty much the same things that you put on TikTok or are they different? Cause I noticed Somewhat you're different. very active on YouTube as well. Somewhat different, like because okay. YouTube, you get more time to do it. The last video I posted was actually me performing my song mm-hmm. um, acoustically with yeah. my guitar. But mostly, uh, I, when I first started out, I was posting covers, and I took a break from YouTube for a while, and then I started talking about autism stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just you know, I talk about my experience. Uh, I talk about different things with autism, like masking, um, functioning labels. Uh, movies that deal with autism and all that so mm-hmm. yeah gotcha gotcha oh yes that i was watching the uh video uh some something about a top five movie oh i can't remember what it was now uh, top, i think like top 10 movies about autism yeah there you go i was watching that one before you jumped on so yeah yeah the, one good yeah the number one you should definitely check out is mary and max mm-hmm especially if you're into animated films. It is such, I think it's the best because like usually with in films with autism, 
the autistic character is like seems like a character that needs saving or something like that or all the help in the world where this movie basically kind of flips it in mm-hmm. a sense gotcha so as far as like movies sorry this is going to go on a weird side tangent but i just recently watched this movie called rain over me with Adam oh, oh i've seen that movie is, is that is that what his character had was that some form of something on the spectrum or not really i don't know because from i remember the movie like he was i don't want to say normal because what is normal yeah but like he was like he and the don adam sandler's character like and don Cheadle's character they were like college roommates and all that but he says like his family died in was in the one of the planes during 9-11 oh, yeah. And that's when he went crazy. He could have autism. I don't know. It's been a while since I saw that movie. Okay. But I, re- I, I know I, they I said, like. I wasn't sure. Because, like, I now that you're saying that, as I do remember the uh, um, the whole setup where they were, uh, where his family died in the World Trade Center. But for some reason, I thought that was tied to autism as well. But It, it could be. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'd have to watch the movie again. Gotcha. But gotcha. I normally I'd remember stuff like that, but you know, I only saw that movie once. Um, but I, I do remember like there being good music. And I remember like Adam Sandler, like that, like Don Chill's like he's like it's almost like he's crazy now. Like yeah. they said, like it, it affected him badly. Yeah, I got so, you. So um, you know, I'll have to watch it because he probably might. But one thing with movies, and I love the side tangent, yeah. um like when it comes to autistic characters when they're trying to write actual autistic characters they tend to do it very inaccurately and stereotypically but it's when they're not trying to write an autistic character they do it it, it's like the best representation like for example uh guardians of the galaxy Mm -hmm. uh this is gonna sound random drax the destroyer the dave batista character the autism community has accepted that character as an autistic character because he displays all the traits like he has a very wide vocabulary. He doesn't get like uh, sarcasm and all that very well. Yeah. Like uh, he takes things literally. Yep. Uh, he says inappropriate things at the most inappropriate times. Like, and when I was watching, like, holy crap, this dude has autism. Like, and and it's not done in a mocking way. It's like the character like has a character outside of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was reading on your website that you're currently producing some shows or work is are i'm assuming is that like plays and musicals or what is that actually referring to well that's referred to as like you know when i don't do this i do theater Mm -hmm. basically i I don't produce the theater uh i I just like what i was trying to say is that i'm in production okay okay so you're like acting or performing or whatever yeah like in rehearsals basically we say in production for that like we're we're in rehearsals for the show gotcha um and yeah like i was in two i was in rehearsals for two shows right before the pandemic hit like two theatrical shows and then the pandemic hit we just had to like just stop it's just like i miss it so much like luckily because i was like songwriter i've been able to really hone in on my craft during the pandemic which is good and luckily i've been able to work too so yeah Absolutely. Uh, so basically those uh, shows that you were in pre-production on was before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hit and it's just kind of on hold. Yeah. And I talked to my theater friends who were all like, dude, I miss the theater. Me too. 
Yeah. It's just like a, kind of a high, like a bunch of people coming together to like put on a production for a bunch of people and uh, just, just coming together to like create art and do something entertaining for people to make their day. You know, there's just something about it, like putting yourself out there and almost making a fool of yourself for others amusement. It's like, it's a weird high. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Earlier on, you had mentioned that because you had done musicals and stuff, um that you had some traits that were specifically expressed for musicals because you've got to sing to the back of the room you know like I remember going like because in grade school I was I wasn't in plays but I do like the technical stuff like so the spotlighting and all that stuff and so I'd always overhear the director be like play to the back of the room play to the back of the room you know all that fun stuff uh, how do you kind of remind yourself when you're doing just regular, not regular music, but like your albums and stuff to not play to the back of the room because you don't have to? Yeah, that was something I had to work on. And it's funny you said that because I was the only one in, you know, when growing up doing theater that was actually legitimately able to belt because I'm naturally loud. I never needed a microphone. And uh so I had to remind myself, okay, there's a microphone here. Um, you know, become the song. Don't, uh, don't, you don't have to project and be dramatic about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just sing the song and be the song basically. And it's like, it took years to, to master that. Cause I, I could sing like, you know, like, you know, the dawn is breaking. Instead of going, the dawn is breaking. It's like, like I listened to my earlier stuff. I'm like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but so it just like, it took like training, like just yeah. learning to sing more of my inside voice and not, and realizing like, look, there's a microphone there. I was always told I had, when performing my, my own stuff to like stay back away from the microphone, especially yeah. when I got loud. So it's like, cause I am just naturally loud. <laughs> Understood. But I will say the one thing that, cause I've doing the live and amplified thing. I've worked with a lot of musicians and some of them have the, a theater background or they have like classical music training, voice training, I guess is the best way. And I've noticed that a lot of musicians that have kind of taken that approach have amazing control over their voice because of having to pl either play to the back of the room or if it's a small, you know, just like for whatever reason. So that is one thing that I've noticed, like if you do plays or stuff like that, you usually have pretty good control over your voice. You just got to kind of remind yourself. Yeah. Off. It's uh that is the advantage that you have. Like, I think what I, what I was trying to say is I had to learn how to not like rely so much on the theatrical trend. Mm -hmm. Like, because with theatrical, you have to play the back room. You have to overdo it, basically, for the back room. When you're performing your own stuff, though, it's more like you're performing for people, but they don't have to watch you, you know? And so, like, I, I had to learn. Like, I learned it. Like, it helped. Like, because I always, I never had a problem with perfect pitch. Like, I always, I'm always got perfect pitch. And no matter what, you know, I know how to sing properly, which it always works to my advantage. So, um, and I've noticed that with other people who are also writers and they perform their own, they write original 
material too is that like we like we know how to we're comfortable being on stage yep we're comfortable singing and we know how to control our voices better than like someone who just like goes on stage and sings gotcha yeah so after doing the candy factory and now you've kind of been doing your own music for a while would you ever you'd mentioned earlier that you originally you didn't want to do one of the bigger talent shows for lack of a better term would you ever do one of those again or was like that for one experience good enough for you and now yeah i think that one experience was, was good enough for me yeah um like nothing against those shows or anything like that but it's like um you know i i had the experience yeah i could say i experienced it um I like being in a show that is very, you know, it, it's a good conversation piece. Yeah. Um, I had the experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I completely get it. You know, it's, it, you, th there's some musicians where they just live for those moments of, oh, I did American Idol. I auditioned for The Voice. I did, you know, like they like saying that. And, but then there's a lot of musicians that don't. So it's always an interesting conversation for yeah. And so it's yeah, it's nothing against that. I'd rather for me, I'd rather make it uh, more on my own merit mm -hmm. than have to you know re rely on that because that's more. I feel like those shows are more about vocal performance. Yeah, if anything. Yeah, I got you. Then originality. Gotcha. So, someone, the music video comes out in April. The singles already out. That's up on Spotify. All that fun stuff. Have you officially announced the next single, or is that still kind of in the works? Or where are you kind of at on the next single? That's still in the works. Okay. Like uh, I know what it is. I'm not gonna say yeah. But yeah. Like uh, I want to make sure it's you know it it's as perfect as it can be to be, to put out there. And uh, yeah, like I'm excited. I have a, a few singles lined up. Right. But we're going to be releasing them like one at a time mm -hmm. and, you know, get people hooked. And, you know, part of having, you know, the following I have on TikTok, uh, it, it does help promote the music. Like everybody says, hey, I got the single and all that. Like, you know, it's very in interactive in a way. Okay. So I, I've noticed that some of the musician uh, on TikTok, some of the musicians that are on there, like the indie musicians, the ones that have the most success are the ones that kind of bring you along with the creation of the song. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was watching this one musician where they were just one day they were diddling around on the guitar, just playing like playing a chord progression or whatever. And then a couple of days later, it's like, Oh, Hey, what do you think of these lyrics? And they, that chord. So basically throughout the weeks of the building of the song, they were just kind of TikToking it and putting it out there. And so then a couple, as a few weeks went by, they had like a rough cut and they would go like, hey, if you like this song, share it around. If we get so many shares, I'll go into the studio and record it. And, you know, it's just kind of how it works, I guess, you know? Yeah. No, I, I've seen other indie uh, artists on TikTok and my approach is different. Yeah, and it, it's my my thing is like why do what everyone else is doing like do your yeah. own thing. And that's not why I started talking about autism. Yeah, but like you know, and I kind of figure you know I got this following now, I should take advantage of it. 
like so you know uh and i'm still posting autism both autism and music stuff so like whenever i go live on tiktok they're always asking me to sing i'm like okay so i'll put some music on in the background and sing a cover or something like that uh and sing my originals as well so absolutely and some of the stuff that you post on youtube that's a that's a lot of covers right you or i started out doing covers yeah i'm gonna start doing more covers uh but i'm also gonna talk about autism stuff mm-hmm. so because like with tiktok you only get 60 seconds but with youtube you get like more more time yeah absolutely so you're a busy person obviously you've got your music you when there isn't a pandemic you got your plays and now you got your tiktok and social media plus a nine to five job you know paying the bills all that fun stuff when you do have that minute where you're not worrying about music the plays work social media what is your thing to kind of escape and just go away for a little bit what is your hot what are some of your hobbies you know sorry you kind of pause there for a minute oh okay um so when you uh when you aren't worried about all those things plays all that fun stuff what is some of the stuff that you or what do you do to kind of escape like what are some of your hobbies like writing can kind of be considered a hobby um watching movies um you know i'm a movie person um uh you know like what's the best or what's been your favorite movie you've seen in the last year in the last year yeah oh god um one film that comes to mind is blue ruin okay it's on netflix it's one of those movies that like it's a sleeper movie. Like you don't, it's such a good movie, but barely anybody heard about it. It's back from 2013 and it's a great revenge movie. Um, Trial of the Chicago 7 was good. Yep. Uh, the new Borat film was hysterical. I have not watched it yet. I need to though. I, I really need to. You do. It, it's pretty funny. Um, I hate stuff with political agendas, but this tackles it in a way where it's just really hysterical because it's Borat. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else did I watch? I've watched a lot of... There's one movie that... It's an indie film, but nope. It, it's kind of like that one movie, Blue Ruin, which I definitely recommend you check out. It's called Follow Me. And it, it, basically, there's this dude with a big social media following. Like mm-hmm. He makes his living do, making videos for social media. Yeah. And he does this... It's like a horror movie. And he takes his audience with him. He, his friends, and like they go to Russia... And they do this escape room thing, but it ends up being like for real and it's yeah. live streamed. It's yeah. like it that that was a good film. I was surprised by uh how good that film was. Um I think my favorite film from last year though is Joker. Okay. Um, did I you have, see that? I have that on my lit I have a pile of DVDs over here that I every time I go to the store, I'll go buy and like whatever's on the sale rack or whatever like like the ten dollar bin at target or whatever and i have a stack of about seven and joker is in that stack right now so i have to i will give you a warning though uh you have to be in the right kind of mood to watch that movie it is a uh it's so it's not like most comic book movies you ever see taxi driver that was the inspiration for this film. It's not an action movie. Mm-hmm. It's not like a big CGI. Fit. It's a character study, but the main character is the Joker and how he became the Joker. Yep. 
And uh, I, and Joaquin Phoenix was great in the movie. Like one of the best. Perf- it's one of those performances where it's like it's going to be remembered for quite some time. Yeah. I have the coolest best friend. I kind of want to show this. Uh, my best friend Drew, who also has Asperger's. Um, he knows. So, and this is what he he got me this as a holiday gift. It's. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, like yeah. it was. Now there's the signature of Joaquin right there. Yeah. Like, it, 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 this is like really cool gift. So like I got like really, but um, you know that was a great movie. I could go on and on about movies, man. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. <laughs> Actually, I did a podcast about movies for a little bit I, when I was living out in New, uh, Roswell, New Mexico. We did a I I was really into the movie scene because uh, out in Albuquerque, like Breaking Bad was like super big. Yep, I got a Breaking Bad poster. Yep. Breaking Bad was super big, and so like a lot of the film people around there, they were, they were an extra or they were a production assistant for a day. So like anybody that was in the film scene out there was involved in that project at some point during its run. Um, and I had all these people, because I was living in Roswell, New Mexico, and I there were so many people in that town that just had these crazy stories. Like one guy was work security when they filmed Due Date. And like they came through New Mexico, they filmed like a scene at due date in the area. And then men who stare at goats filmed at the military, you know, just like all these really cool things. And I was like, man, we need to get these stories on tape. And so we recorded those and it was really cool. It was fun. But eventually I ran out of people to interview and it was like, I'm not going up to Albuquerque every, every week to go record new interviews. It's, it was just too much. So. Yeah, I could talk about movie stuff all the time. That's like a thing I love besides doing theater and music and stuff. I just, I love watching movies. I love looking up facts about movies, like like behind the scenes stuff, uh, what went into making it, like awards it got. I don't care about award shows and all that, but like that stuff. So, you know, knowing what it got or nominated for, um, you, you know, who else was considered for the roles and all that. Uh, so, um, the little fun facts. The one movie I saw this year or then last year that I can't figure out how they pulled it off. Like, I mean, obviously they pulled it off because they finished the movie, but I can't figure out how is 1917. I saw that. That was, that was like a really, I saw Dunkirk too, but this was so much better than Dunkirk. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, like the fact to make it look like it's done in one shot for a war film Yeah, was, and I watched it with my dad and my dad and I looked at each other like, that was a besides the technical aspect. It was a good film, mm-hmm. like, and it, I I still can't figure it out. Like how, like, and I like how they got unknown actors mm-hmm. to do it. And I feel like that should be utilized more because, oh, yeah. especially when you're trying to do films like that, where you're trying to create an aesthetic. If you like, so like the main character, if you brought in, I don't know. Tom Holland to play that guy, the main character, it's not going to have the same appeal. Like, no. Yeah. Actually, the uh, fun fact the director, he wanted unknown actors for the two leads, you know, because like to display, like, because with the officers in the movie, like, because there's like, you know, the grunts and then there's the officers. For the grunts, he wanted the unknowns for the officers because they were more well known to the world than the grunts. Like, they, like, he got celebrities like Colin Firth, Benedict Cumberbatch. He did that on purpose. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just the director having a vision 
and going for it. Oh yeah. But now I get like you, I could sit here and talk about movies all day because I studied film in college. I ha- last I counted, I have over 375 DVDs scattered throughout my apartment. Oh wow. Yeah, like it was one of those things where in eighth grade I bought my first DVD player with my graduation money. Hmm. And it started an addiction that hasn't stopped since 2000. Yeah, so, so, yeah, when I'm not doing music in theater, I do that. And occasionally I'll play a video game like mm-hmm. once every couple of months. I don't, uh, because when I sit down, and play a game, nothing else matters in life, yeah. and uh, it could be too distracting, but you know, hey. <laughs> gotcha 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 so um if people want to check out what you got going on check out your music all that fun stuff where's the obviously tiktok is probably a good place to start but where's yeah. a good place to get all your social media information and cory singer.com c-o-r-y-s-i-n-g-e-r.com there's no ian cory awesome so and I actually, always have that to remember. one thing that I was struggling with when I was trying to set up this live stream. <laughs> I had your name right in front of me and it just defaulted like in my brain. It's like, oh, there's definitely an E in court. Nope, 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 nope. That E is the bane of my existence. Yeah. It is my least favorite vowel ever, except for my last name and first name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so check them out, CoreySinger.com everything music video dropping april 2nd new singles out on spotify all that fun stuff um one thing i have to leave before we leave i have to ask the most polarizing question i can possibly ask and you brought up this specific thing through the interview it's the perfect question to ask pineapple pizza yes or no yes Really? That's not the way I thought you were going to go with it. Oh, it has to be done right, though. Okay. Because if you don't do it right, the pizza will end up soggy. Because uh-huh. I like I like crunchy pizza. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like if you do it right, dude. Oh, dude. I I like pineapple on pizza. Like I, I tried it. I was I was scared. And and I'm a Jersey boy. Like yeah. if anybody knows about pizza, it's me. Yeah. So um, you know, I try. You know, I like different stuff on pizza, but like I was surprised by how much I did like pineapple on pizza. I don't care what anybody says; it belongs on pizza. Okay, fair enough. What about you? Uh, no, I grew up in Chicago. Pineapple is a definite no. Okay, to each his own. I don't judge, even though you're wrong. <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like it's how I was brought up. But I will say. Everybody thinks I'm crazy because everybody tells me Chicago has the better hot dogs. And it's like, no, New York's got the better hot dogs. You guys are insane. Yeah, no, New York and New Jersey, we have the best bagels, pizza, hot dogs, like Italian food. We got the best. And Chinese food. I I will agree with the hot dogs, for sure. I'm not a big bagel eater, so I don't care one way or the other. Well, I'm Jewish, so like, no, that's like, we live for bagels. Yeah. I got you. I completely understand. But uh, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been a blast chatting with you. Uh, Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's always, you never know how these things are going to go, especially when I like, especially I didn't have much of a, or any conversation with you beforehand. And it's just like, okay, we're going to jump into it. Let's go. And 
you just never know how it's going to go. Um, so once again, thank you for jumping on the podcast. It's been a blast. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later. Thanks again. All right. We're clear. Right. That, that was-